The Bible Study Podcast, episode 552. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings 10. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with 1 Kings 10 with the section on the Queen of Sheba visits Solomon. When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me, in wisdom and wealth you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be! How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom! Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices, and precious stones. Never again were so many spices brought in as those the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Hiram's ships also brought gold from Ophir, and from there they brought great cargoes of almagwood and precious stones. The king used the almagwood to make supports for the temple of the Lord and for the royal palace, and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. So much almagwood has never been imported or seen since that day. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for, besides what he had given her out of his royal bounty. Then she left and returned with her retinue to her own country. Just so you know, a talent of gold, as I believe, is about a year's worth of wages. So 120 people's worth of wages or something along that. So a lot of money. And... The interesting thing about the Queen of Sheba here is this is the only mention of her in the Bible, and she is coming from what we now would call the country of Ethiopia, or at least that's what you would learn if you go to Ethiopia. That's the history there. And it's an interesting connection. If you go to Ethiopia, you will not be able to see the Ark of the Covenant, but they will tell you it's there and that it was brought there from Solomon or from this time period. Now, that seems unlikely because we just put that Ark of the Covenant in the temple. So I think it's not likely that that story, that the connection between the Queen of Sheba and Solomon leads to the Ark of the Covenant going to Ethiopia is unlikely to be true. But there is still this interesting connection here. But in any case, if you go to Ethiopia and you hear a story that Solomon and the Queen of Sheba had a son— which the Bible does not say, and that he brought the Ark of the Covenant to Ethiopia and left a copy, you should know that 
This is the biblical account, and that is outside of this reporting, at least. But she is attracted to Solomon, and I don't mean attracted like in they had kids, but she is attracted to the wisdom and to the things that she hears about Solomon. When she goes, she finds that it's even better than she thought. And her response is, praise be to God, how lucky your people are. They must be so glad to have you as their king. And then it also talks about all the trade that's going on, all the gold that's coming, the gold that's coming from Ophir, the gold that's coming from Sheba, all of these sort of things. Times are good. And it continues on Solomon's splendor. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues from merchants and traders and from all the Arabian kings and the governors of the territories. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold with three minas of gold in each shield. The king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a great throne covered with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps and its back had a rounded top. On both sides of the seat were armrests with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at either end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's goblets were gold, and all the household articles of the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's days. The king had a fleet of trading ships at sea along with the ships of Hiram. Once every three years it returned carrying gold, silver, and ivory, and apes and baboons. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. The whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. Year after year, everyone who came brought a gift, articles of silver and gold, robes, weapons and spices, and horses and mules. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones and cedar as plentiful as sycamore, fig trees in the foothills. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt, and from Kew, the royal merchants purchased them from Kew at the current price. They imported a chariot from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. They also exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and the Arameans. Now, the interesting thing about this is remember that if we go back a few chapters, Solomon has this prayer to God. God shows himself to Solomon, he he is still a young man, and says, what can I do for you? And Solomon doesn't say, Lord, please make me rich. He says, Lord, how is it that I can govern your people? Give me wisdom, that I can govern this great people. And God gives him wisdom and then says, because you asked for something that was selfless, Because you asked for something that was of value to the people instead of value just to you, I'm going to give you the riches too. And we see that it's interesting that God doesn't give him the riches by having him win the lottery, but God gives him the riches through the wisdom that he gives him. Because Solomon uses the gifts that God gives him, things are going very well. And when I say things are going well, things will never be better for Israel 
than at this time, at least in the biblical time period. And I mean, right now, maybe they're better, but since Solomon, probably no other time period where things have been better in Israel. So much so that silver is of little value, gems are of little value, there's so much money coming in. And again, it's coming in because of the wisdom of Solomon, because people are coming to hear his wisdom. Wisdom has values. Wisdom in our leaders should be prized. Even if people aren't bringing in gifts of gold and silver, the reason why we should look for wisdom in a leader is because it leads to good decisions and it leads to a more prosperous country. And certainly, you can't find a more direct example of that than Solomon. And we're not going to talk much more about Solomon's wisdom, but of course, if you want to read more about Solomon's wisdom, we have quite a lot of it preserved in the book of Proverbs, uh, preserved in the form of Proverbs, so not the sort of story version like we heard a couple chapters ago about the two women arguing over the one live and one dead baby, but we get to see some of the wisdom written down. And it was, as far as we can see from this account, unique and interesting that someone had this kind of wisdom. People came for hundreds and thousands of miles to go hear what Solomon had to say or to seek his advice. I said last week was the high point of Solomon's kingship. Unfortunately, I was wrong. It's this week. This is it, though. Next week, we go downhill a little bit. So buckle up and come back next week. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.